0: And welcome to episode number 35 of Sports Bar Talk. You might notice a little something different today. No music because I am pressed for time. It's about 5 o'clock here on a Friday in Camp Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And we're ready to dig right into it. Lot to cover today in a short amount of time. One second, I need to let my dog out of the room. How are you all doing today? It's so great to talk to you all again. Uh, Let me open the door. So, 35. That's about five touchdowns worth. And that is four more than the number of points that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put up on Sunday. Did you guys watch the Super Bowl? I did. It was a complete dud. You know, I came in here. You know, I thought I thought the Bucks had a chance to win. If you remember last week, I said on the podcast, I said, "Oh, I think I think if there's a team that could defrone Mahomes in Kansas City, it would be the Buccaneers." And credit to my my keys to the game for the Bucks were. When the Chiefs are driving and get in the red zone, you got to hold them to field goals. They did that. And the offense had to put up at least 30 points. They put up 31. Credit to the coaching staff of the Buccaneers. They had a well-executed game plan led by head coach in York, Pennsylvania native Bruce Arians. Defensive coordinator Hot Todd Bowles, who deserves another shot at becoming a head coach. Potentially somewhere. Uh, Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, former Jacksonville Jaguar great Pittsburgh Steeler. He's a nice, young offensive coordinator. He'll definitely have a head coaching gig some point in his future. You know, the diversity of the head coaching staff in Tampa is great. Because Arians is the head coach. But the rest of the coaching staff there at Tampa are either a woman or either ladies or people of color. So, when we're talking about diversity and inclusion, I think the right team won the Super Bowl for these times. Go And But how about Tom Brady? Ring number seven. And I think this takes... If you still had any questions, is Tom Brady still the GOAT? Well, this put those rumors to bed. Tom Brady is, in fact, the GOAT. Still debatable if he might be the greatest athlete, athlete in American sports history. I still think Michael Jordan still has the case because he went 5-for-5 five five in his championship appearances. But seven championships? Unbelievable. He played a great game. You know, he hooked up, hooked up to Gronk for two touchdowns. It felt like the old times again. Antonio Brown caught a touchdown. I was actually... A lot of people were asking me, are you, are you salty that the Chiefs lost? Are you salty? Are you a bit sad? And I'm not going to lie. Even though I picked the Chiefs, I was pretty hap- happy the Bucks won. A lot of ties to, to the Steelers in that Bucks or Bucks organization. Of course, Antonio Brown. Uh, Arians was a former offensive coordinator for the Steelers. Um, there are a lot of other ties in there as well. As, and as well as the Pennsylvania ties. As well, but I was happy the Bucks won. But the boat parade they had on Wednesday was amazing. So instead of a regular parade with COVID and whatnot, luckily they're in Florida, so they were equipped to do it. They were able to do a boat parade. I guess through it was either a river or a lake in Florida. They're in Tampa. Apparently, they, it was on a They were going right by the University of Tampa. So could you imagine what those college kids were thinking? If they were staring out the window, and all of a sudden, there's Tom Brady on a boat. <laughs> uh, but the highlight of that press conference, well, there was a couple highlights. First, Tom Brady. He said, ah, uh, I got six of these Lombardis already. I'm just going to chuck one over the river. He threw a Lombardi across the Tampa Bay River to, a, I guess, the boat with all the receivers and tight ends. He was trying to get it to Gronk. But Cameron Brake came down with it. That was amazing. Oh, I think a lot of people were scared. I think Tom Brady's kid was like, Daddy, no, Daddy, no, 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 no. Oh, wow. And so that was brilliant. And then you had Tom Brady with maybe the most relatable moment to the average human being party football guy out there I guess, I don't know if he was seasick. Maybe he had a little too much to drink. Someone was helping him walk. He was walking tipsy. And he had a funny tweet. It went some along the lines of, I guess the avocado smoothie I drank was spiked this morning or something like that. And then to top it all off, he spent over $3,000 at Taco Bell. The man's the goat. He is the goat. The man could retire right now, but I don't think he is. You know, Brady said, I want to play till I'm 45. He could certainly do that. He could play play till he's 50 for all I know. And so the question is, I think he wants to go for 10. I think there's a part of him that says, I want to be the first player to get double-digit Super Bowl championships. I think there's a very good chance he goes for 10. I think there's a very high possibility he gets 10. So, congratulations to the Buccaneers, but congratulations to the NFL. We got through all 269 games, that's regular season and postseason. We did it. Now the off-season comes about. And I'm gonna speed through the rest of our topics quickly. We have the off-season. A lot of rumor mills. The rumors are already circulating where our player's gonna go. Even the day after the Super Bowl, it really felt like The offseason has begun in full force. But there's, of course... Now, today, this morning, I was in my Spanish class. And all of a sudden, we were going in the breakout room. So, I was in a moment where I didn't need to be paying attention in class. And I checked my phone, and there's a notification. Ian Rappaport tweets, JJ Watt has been released by the Houston Texans. And now, if you guys have been following the NFL news circles... The past couple weeks, you know of the frustrations about Deshaun Watson within the organization. We'll talk more about him probably in the coming weeks, especially when the deal gets announced, if he's going somewhere. Watson wants to leave. He's requested a trade. The uh, brass of the Texans, they are committed to Deshaun Watson. They want him to stay, especially since Deshaun Watson just signed a long-term extension. But J.J. Watt released a video and said, I love Houston. I gave it all, but it, I went in, and I, we, I met with the owner, Cal McNair, and we mutually agreed that it's best to part ways. You know, he loves Houston, and I certainly think he'll be it'll be unlike some other departures we've seen in sports, like when LeBron left Cleveland. I think this guy will get a standing ovation, and whoever boos J.J. Watt when he comes back, they don't deserve to be a football fan, or they're just jealous of him. I don't know what, but Watt didn't really do the Texans dirty. He was Active in the community with raising over two million dollars for Hurricane Harvey relief. But where does he go? Oh the possibilities of where to go. Now if he wants to chase the ring, he could go to Tampa. Hey, that pe- that that pass rush. And can Sue Vita Veyan now potentially JJ Watt. Oh boy? You also have the Packers. You know, he went to college and he grew up in Wisconsin. Went to college at at U at Wisconsin Madison. Could he? He could easily chase the ring there. A great offense, defense needs a pass rusher. That would potentially be a great fit. But then there's, and by the way, bookies are taking bets on where JJ Watt will play football this season. A lot of bookmakers do that. Um the favorite right now in most books my Pittsburgh Steelers. And this makes the most sense if you're trying to be the family guy. You know, the Steelers in my opinion had going into the season had the best defense in the league. Now, injury they still had the best defense, but injuries obviously did them in and that could be could have contributed to the downfall. But when you've got, and in my opinion, the D- your brothers, fullback Derek Watt, and of course the defensive MVP who didn't get win who didn't win it but should have or defensive player of the year excuse me who should have won the award but apparently stats don't matter in the NFL anymore. That's a topic for another day. T.J. Watt. Who would say no? The only thing the Steelers need to get is an elite playmaker in a run game, and they could be easily the best team in football, in my opinion. And, and a good quarterback for the future, because this will most likely be Big Ben's last season. That's a topic for another day as well. So, in my opinion, it becomes two questions for JJ. And I'm not going to give a prediction on where he goes. Yeah, I'll give you two predictions. If he's about casing the ring and trying to win a Lombardi, I would say either the Packers or the Bucks. I would lean towards the Bucs because it seems like they have all the momentum and they're only going to get better on defense, it seems like. But if you want to have a fun time and you're a family guy and, you know, maybe you think you can grow in Pittsburgh, Steelers, your two brothers are there. That would be tre- tremendous for the Watt parents. So a lot of, a lot of discussions going on. Where will Watt go? That that surprised me. I thought he'd be traded, but nope, they released him. And now the question is, with Houston, what do you do with Deshaun Watson? Watt's contract was apparently up, so he has to be released. They granted it to him. Watson's situation is a little different, by the way. Even though he's asked to be traded just before the season started or last year, he signed a long-term deal with the Texans, so you can see why the Texans want to keep him. Plus. Dabo Sweeney, Watson's college coach, called him the Michael Jordan of football. So, we'll see. Alright, enough football for now. I have two more sports I want to get into. I did say we're going to focus more on golf now that football season's over. And we have right now the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am going on. Second round currently going on right now. Uh, It'll probably be done with the tournament by the time this is up. Or the second round by the time this is uploaded. But it's over on Golf Channel if you want to check it out. And I did watch over the weekend when there wasn't football coverage on, I did watch a little bit of the Waste Management Phoenix Open. And boy was I happy to see Jordan Speef in contention at another golf tournament again. He had the round of his life on Saturday, and it sounds like he didn't he did alright, but not enough to win. Brooks kept going the Phoenix Open. But how about this? As of 5.08 Eastern Time on the East Coast. Speef! is leading at 12 under par. He is up one shot on Daniel Berger. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to jinx it, but if we look at last week, and we're looking at how this is going this week, I think Jordan Spieth's back. Last week was his first top five finish since like 2018 or 2019, I read a stat or something like that. So is Spieth back? Who knows? Other guys in contention, uh, Henrik Norlander, he's a 10-under right now, and you also have Patrick Cantlay tied for fourth, um, at 9-under. Cantlay was leading after the first round yesterday, but the p- action from Pebble Beach, you know, this year it's different, obviously, normally this is, each of the, p- uh, each of the PGA pros get toured with a cele- famous celebrity, or famous person, whether it be, uh, Clint Eastwood, or Bill Murray, or sometime, Peyton Manning, or Romo. But they're, they've wiped out the celebrity portion of it. You sort of had like two tournaments going on over the four days. You had the regular golf tournament for the pros, and then you had an amateur tournament as well. It was very interesting because, you know, these guys are trying to be laid back, laid back, these PGA pros, but also they have a job at hand. They're in the, this is like an actual tournament that counts for the on the PGA Tour season. So they're trying to lock in. And I always wondered, like, if I ever get a chance to cover golf for a living, which is a sport I might like to cover if I become a sports broadcaster. Um, I I don't want to focus on golf. I want to do more mixed martial arts and football stuff. If I do go the sports broadcaster route, um, I'd love to ask, like, if I ever get to cover this tournament, like, one of the PGA pros. How do you, like, manage that? Especially if you're in contention on Sunday in the final round trying to win a tournament. Like, how do you... That would would be interesting to me. So that's golf. The other event going on right now is the Australian Open. I wanted to mention this because I do have tennis people that listen. And I know I will get some complaints if I don't talk about tennis. Because we have the Australian Open two weeks later than normal because of the pandemic. Um, I know Novak Djokovic has been in some... Battles his last two rounds, but he's been able to get it done Dominic TM defeated the home the uh, home country kid Nick Curious in five sets yesterday as well um, Very interesting what's going on there in the tennis I, I've had a chance to watch the, U- the Australian Open a little bit at night when the basketball is done I'll watch like at least a half hour of it Very interesting, you know, Australia and that whole island, Australia and New Zealand, they've got the pandemic pretty much under control, they're back to a normal life, um, how I remember living and breathing on people and, you know, looking in the stands, not many people wearing masks, obviously it looked like they were socially distanced, looked like they were capping the crowd a little bit with capacity, maybe to protect the international players coming in, um... But then I guess they had five COVID cases in the Melbourne Victoria area. And so they're going on to a strict five-day lockdown. The tournament's going to go on, but you won't be seeing any fans in the stands. So, And I know a lot of these players were excited because a lot of these tennis pros, this is their first time playing in front of fans since March or February last. So it's been a whole year. So I know it made them excited as well. And it was good to hear fans too in my opinion, Uh, so that's the Australian Open, and for food of the week, this week, we've got the holy season of Lent coming up, and so I wanted to do fish, and not necessarily fish and chips per per, per se, but fish sandwiches, a lot of times, this is the time of the year where you're going to see a bunch of fish sand- sandwiches getting advertised. I know Arby's does a great ad for their fish sandwich. Beer-battered fish sandwich, I should add, at Arby's. I know sometimes McDonald's, they advertise the filet of fish with that song, Give me that filet of fish give me that fish. And sometimes they do Fish McBites with the Chicken McNugget version, but instead of chicken, it's fish. It was very tasty. They haven't brought it back since. That was around in, like, 2013. Haven't brought it back since. If, if an executive at McDonald's is listening to this podcast, please bring back the Fish McBites. They taste amazing. Um, But fish sandwiches are really good. Now, a couple restaurants I like to get fried fish sandwiches from or fish sandwiches from. I love to get the Pittsburgh-style sandwich at this restaurant near my grandma's house. In a little town called Newcastle, Pennsylvania, it's called Edwards, they have a Pittsburgh-style sandwich. Now, this is a very unhealthy sandwich I'm about to mention. So, it's like a very, pit. it's like, if you remember when I talked about Permanis a couple months ago, and I talked about their sandwiches, how they pile them high and whatnot, this sandwich comes with coleslaw, but I get the coleslaw on the side, It's and fries. But they don't put the stuff on the side. They put it in the sandwich. Now, I get the slaw on the side because I don't... So, I get fries, and you can top it with, like, sausage, turkey, ham, whatever. But fried fish is one of the options. So, I top that that with fish. Tastes amazing. Um, I also... That's, that's like, the only local place I had in mind with a good fish sandwich. Um, McDonald's, I mentioned, their Filet-O-Fish is amazing. I had one last week. Tremendous. I get an extra slab of American cheese on it. The tartar just blends. The tartar sauce just blends in really well with the fish. It's a nice artisan bun too. Um, I where else do I love fish sandwiches from the Pike? They have the Belly Buster Fish Sandwich. Delicious, delicious, delicious. Uh, back in the day in elementary school, they would make fish fillet sandwiches. I'd always have to get that. Sometimes at my college, they have fish sandwiches, especially during Lent. That tasted really good, but it was caught. It was. It, my wallet didn't like it because it costed a lot, at least my $9 wallet. So there you go. In a nutshell, fish sandwiches. Yum, yum, eat them up. Alright. We're going to wrap it up. Remember, no music this episode because I'm impressed for time. So stay safe. Wear a mask. Enjoy the golf. Oh, by the way, we also. you So. Even though the NFL's done, there is still going to be football on television. The FCS, which is all the smaller Division I schools, like they're actually sanctioned by the NCAA. They're going to start this weekend. At least the first game is kicking off this weekend. McNeese State and Tarleton State. Could be tough to find on TV, but if you can find it, congratulations. The FCS schools, that's like your Youngstown States and uh, your North Dakota States. North Dakota State is the Alabama of Division I AA college football, and their quarterback, Trey Lance, is a projected top-ten pick. So if you get bored on Saturday... Now, North Dakota State doesn't play this weekend. I think they play next weekend or something. But we'll talk about college football later. This is Sports Bar Talk. Stay safe, wear your masks, people, and we have the best scene in the house!